0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig. And uh, once again, we're going to talk about the Library Chronicles. Um, Last week, we got into a bunch of different kinds of things that was revealed uh, about Life Force and stuff like that. Um, And so I'm going to kind of pick up Uh, not where we left off, but the next day. One thing about these downloads that I've been getting is that there's not always a rhyme or reason to them. So, like, it's not in order, necessarily. Sometimes they just bounce all over the place. And other times they just... I don't know, like it'll go from one topic to another to another and then it'll revisit a previous topic and it's just how it is. The only way I've found to um, maintain any semblance of order with it is to ask questions and take more of a guided approach. And I've done that a couple times and um, it's gone well. But I also don't want to miss out on important messages just because I was curious about a given topic. Um, that said, um, one thing that I am planning, and I, I feel like I have permission to do this, um, but one thing that I'm planning at sometime in the uh, near future, I guess, is uh, I want to see if I can um, do a Q and a of sorts where I ask a question and then see what pops into my mind, see what comes to mind. Um, and then write that down and just kind of see how it goes. I've done that a little bit before. Uh, like I said, and, um, it, you know, I got answers. So I figured, Hey, why not, you know, do this in a more structured kind of way. So, That said, if you can think of any questions that you might be curious about, uh, feel free to let me know what those are. You can write them here today if you want or if you need to think about it and then send me a Facebook private message or post them in the Facebook group for Nerd Unscripted or whatever. Um, I'm not quite sure when I'm going to do that yet. Um, Probably on a day that I don't have any... um, uh anything major planned so maybe this coming friday we'll see um so give it some thought it can be about anything i mean honestly i don't even know what i want to ask yet i haven't thought about it much i've been getting a lot more pictures uh visuals uh lately and um those are always tough because like i have to describe what i'm seeing but actually looking at them in my mind's eye can be really emotionally challenging because there's so much information in them. Um, But anyway, so um, last week, the primary download that we focused on was from October 4th. And so I thought we would talk about um, October 5th and what kind of came through there. Um, it, it's a very interesting one because they were talking about time. And of course, you know, time is something that, that we are, uh, strapped to it seems. Um, but their point of view is quite a bit different. So what I'm going to do is just kind of read down through the uh, the exchange, and uh, and see, uh, you know, offer some commentary a- along the way, like I've done in the past. So it started off with uh, with this, with this statement from them, the library, whoever you want to call it. I'm I have a pretty good idea of. of those voices are i think i might have even shared it last week but anyway um the purpose of time is to provide a marker or context for expression the progression of time represents flow and provides context to now even though time flows both forward and backward simultaneously you can point to or imagine any moment or happening in three-dimensional space and I asked, so is it possible to jump forward or backward in time using those markers? And the response was yes, but that is not what we have to share today. Uh, the reason why time is important is because it serves as a point of reference for the library. Anything can be located in a library using time plus frequency plus three-dimensional coordinates. That may sound complicated, but it's not. And I asked but I thought the library sat outside of time and they responded it does but the concept of time permeates your context and references. You think of advanced technology as future and primitive technology as past but nothing could be further from the truth. The laws which govern how things work also sit outside of time they just are. Because of that technology can exist anytime anywhere. Humans view of time with everything as a forward progression, so everything evolves as time marches forward, yet decay is also measured with time advancing. Time exists in that form because that is how you believe time works. If you ask someone if they remember a specific time, 10.42 and 57 seconds a.m. on September 2nd, 1972, Chances are that they will not remember. Does that mean that exact moment didn't exist for them? Of course not. But let's break down this moment of time. Let's say a person responds that they do remember that exact moment and are able to describe it. What other factors impact that moment for them? Their location, their time zone, their perspective and perception, their emotions, their interactions, and other factors play into their response. If a second person responds with the memory of that moment, their response will be completely different in every way, even in time. If the first person lived in London at the same time the second person lived in Los Angeles, their description of that exact moment will, in fact, be nine hours different from the other. What happens to time if you are not influenced by the rotation of the Earth in a 24-hour period to 365-day orbit of the earth around the sun and the 28-day cycle of the moon's pool in the earth? Will time be different for you or are, uh, will time be different for you if you are in a different part of the galaxy or a different part of the universe or a different dimension? If you're on a ship flying through space and there isn't a clock of any type on board, no perception of sunrise or sunset, no perception of circadian rhythm, and no perception of the speed you are traveling, would time matter to you? And I said, okay, I get the point, but what about the stories regarding travel and the speed of light, how time dilates? The classic story of one person, a twin, leaving the earth and traveling near the speed of light for a period of time, and upon return, their sibling is much older, if not dead, due to the speed of time flow in that faster speed. How does that impact everything? and their response was none of that matters and i asked is it possible to have expression apart from time and they said better question it is but not in a way you would think any idea this is this is kind of interesting here i thought well it's all been been interesting but They said any idea, thought, or event experienced by any being will be perceived based based upon their own unique expression. 50 people experiencing the exact same event at the exact same time, and time is in quotes, will each have a unique perception of that event. There will be many more similarities, but also differences. Which one of the 50 people is correct all none five of them now think about that from a data perspective 7.8 billion people on your planet experiencing time simultaneously each expression of that moment and the next and the next would be different right you could also conclude that each of those 7.8 billion people have a unique identity a unique vibration or frequency right So you can see why time serves as a marker and little more. And I said, so then the full expression of each person, past, present, and future already exists out of time forever. And they responded, yes. And I asked, so who determined how their expression should play out? Are we all just following a script? and i thought this is interesting because i've caught myself thinking about um free will you know if every if our entire life already exists in the context of the library then are we just walking out something that's already been predetermined and do we have free will you know it's kind of a big question and uh their response was an answer to your first question you did as for meaning um so who determined how their expressions should play out that was my first question so in answer to your first question you did they did meaning every one of us determines how that expression should play out as for the second question no meaning we are not following a script You are not following a script, you are following an expression. Think about this, if you wanted to experience an expression, like an expression of love, what would you do? And is there a chance that your experience would be different from anyone else's? Of course it would. Life, in your experience of it, follows an expression uniquely experienced by you through time. It is like a unique melody being played with you as the composer this song has no right or wrong it just is and i said oddly that makes perfect sense to me and they said or continued there is a full expression of what is and then the perception and experience of what is think of a movie you see the end result and the story it tells but what about the individual experiences of the cast the crew, the extras, the support business, and all the people at the locations where the movie was filmed for the entire duration of its production. That is the full expression. Same with any other expression. Right now, with you receiving these insights, yes, you are writing them out as you hear them, see them, and feel them. But that full expression, but is that the full expression of this experience? No, it can't possibly be. And when you read these words 10 years from now, will the expression be the same? No, because your perceptions will have changed. It's a lot to take in, but you will understand the importance of it as we progress. And so um, one of the things that really stood out to me, you know, it seems like we humans are hung up on a couple things. One is, what we perceive as reality and the other is um, um, our ability to choose you know that we have free will even though we suck at choice we still you know like the right to be able to make up our minds and choose and uh and so as a as a result you know it I find that, it, you know, just I can only speak for myself, is that very often we get hung up in, you know, those possibilities and never consider that anything else could be possible. This reality that we're each experiencing seems so real that how could there be any other reality because this is so real when it really is just our perception that makes it that way you know i mean you could say yeah well i can believe all i want that you know i have a new car a new computer or whatever but that doesn't mean that i'm going to i still have to make the money to buy it and all of that kind of stuff and sure okay but we still there there's so much i believe and what i'm learning is that there's so much we don't understand or we think we understand but we're about as close to the correct answer as you know one side of the earth to the other um more like one side of the galaxy to the other but uh i think probably the most important part of this journey at least for me and in, in sharing it with you is you know Uh, presenting it as a new way of potentially seeing things is that the faster we can get to the point of questioning everything um, the better chance we have of growing spiritually and otherwise Um, it's to me it's whenever we stop questioning everything even the stuff that seems like there's only one possible outcome, but whenever we have stopped questioning, we immediately forfeit our ability to choose because there's no choice if you're not questioning. And if you question and it turns out that you were correct, fine. you know, but at least you ask the question. you know, why am I doing this? Why does this keep happening? We asked some of those kinds of questions a lot. Why does this keep happening to me? Well, you tell me. What are you getting out of that experience? You know, why do you want to keep reliving that thing over and over again? Well, I'm not doing it on purpose. It's painful. But yet you are, you know? And so that's why like even all of this that I'm reading, um a lot a lot of what I'm sharing here um me reading it to you is the first time I've read it since I've written it. So I'm not, like, studying this stuff, at least not yet anyway. I have enough of it down. I mean, I'm over a month out from when I wrote these. Um, so I have enough content down to where it's forming a bigger picture. But um, I, my goal is to, just as thoughts come to me, to get them down as clearly as I can but you know can I say that it's a pure flow from you know inspiration without any of my own thoughts in it I can't I mean any more than you could you know I mean it's not like I'm sitting here in a trance with my eyes rolled back in my head doing automatic writing I mean it's nothing like that at all I just have thoughts that come into my mind sometimes more times than not they're very cloudy um and I'll start to write something a certain way and I'm stopped immediately that's not it you know and then I have to delete it and then I just sit there and I won't write anything until I have a very clear flow of what's coming and then that's um what I put down so as I was talking I was uh there a little while ago I was reminded about this one here because it addresses more of uh oh actually, you can't see my screen, so sorry um, you just see the the slide um, but a couple of days later, I actually got more information related to um free will, and so I thought I would share that interaction as well, just because it even though it's not directly related to time, it's related to free will, and if everything exists forward and backward in the library, that means or implies predetermination. And so, you know, if that's the case, then, okay, library, tell me what I'm going to eat for lunch, you know, two years from now, (laughs) right? Because theoretically, based on what I'm being told here, uh, that information is already in the library. Like, years ago, whenever I uh, first, my first visit to the library, where it looked like an actual library, and I was meditating on a cover design for a book cover. I went into this place that looked like a library. I went down and alphabetically and I found the cover I, or the book. I pulled it off of the shelf and I looked at the cover. And that design that I saw on the cover is what I created. And it's on the book now. And so you could say that I traveled into the future and that that book cover was always going to be the cover that was on the book. But yet, in reality, is that really true? Or did I make a choice somewhere along the way? Like, was my, as a designer, was my free will circumvented by the library because the cover was already decided? Or. Was it, uh, did it look the way it looked because I chose to go there and, and see what it looked like, you know? I mean, this kind of shit can mess with your brain, trust me, uh, <laughs> because I'm constantly thinking about this stuff in one form or another. But anyway, so let me read through, uh, this one. It's another somewhat, uh, lengthy one, but we'll see where it goes. So uh, it started off with them saying that there is an order to things that represent, that, that results from the constants. And we'll talk about the constants later. Um, you, sh- you should refer to, actually we may bring some of them up here. Let me see. Well, we'll figure it out when we get to it. You could refer to the constants as laws, but they are much more than that. We have already shared three of the constants with you. There are many more of them, and they govern everything in the library, the life force and form or expression. Um, so they govern all, th- all three of those things. Um, many believe wrongfully that the existence of something like the library and the constants removes the possibility of free will. But as you shared last night with your wife, Nothing could be further from the truth. Only finite sets of data would limit free will. The library offers the opposite, limitless possibilities. You could argue that if the library holds all the secrets of the past, present, and future, then free will is an illusion. But when you have access to infinite outcomes, infinite resources, infinite possibilities, how does that limit free will? It doesn't. It guarantees it. If someone came to you and told you they had a dream or vision about your future and it resonated with you, wouldn't you embrace it? Yes. What if it didn't resonate with you? You would be more likely to make different choices. By doing that, did you give up free will? No, you enacted it. The reason why this is an important distinction is because free will is a constant. Control is attached to an outcome. Free will has no such attachment. There is no grand plan per se, but yet the expression of life force is quite grand. And so I asked, so what you're telling me is that there is order in free will where anything is possible. That seems impossible. And they responded, sorry, my nose is clogged up a little bit. They responded, that's where the next constant comes into play, vibration. Everything in the library vibrates at its own frequencies. Everything delivered through the life force vibrates. Everything expressed vibrates. At a deep level, everyone knows the truth of this. There are human expressions that point to this. That resonates with me. You better change your tune, young man. That has a cool vibe to it, and so on because of this vibration and the unique frequencies possessed by all things you could say that everything is music you could say that everything is light you could say that everything is form music light and form are just different parts of the same waveform as a vibration is increased it is expressed differently the connection to free will is also obvious do uh see I don't know what i wrote there do offer an extreme example you can choose life high vibration or death low vibration or a symphony in the middle choice free will is simply tuning to the frequencies that express the outcome you desire and that truly is the order of things not right or wrong but cause and effect so think about that tuning uh Tuning to the frequencies that express the outcome you desire. Like, that's not a new revelation. We've heard that for probably decades, right? Um, But yet, within that constant, there is uh, order. And so I said, it seems so simple yet so hard. How can you choose something you may be unaware of? And they responded, let's look at this from a linear perspective. Consider frequency as a straight line. On one end, you have extremely low frequencies, while on the other end, the higher frequencies exist. Everything has assigned frequencies, vibrations. To keep our example extremely simple, let's say that this straight line starts at minus 100 and goes to 100. And let's say that at any given moment you have the ability to access a frequency spread of 20 like 47 to 67. if you are toward the lower end of the scale the line would you have access to those frequencies on the higher end of the scale obviously not let that sink in if what you desire functions at a higher frequency would embracing a lower frequency help you attain what is only at a higher frequency? No. Obviously, the system is more complex, but that is. But this is uh, the basic principle that aligns with it. Using an analogy you have used in the past, if you tune your radio to 95.1 FM, will you hear what's being broadcast on 101.7? No. So to answer your question of how to choose something you're unaware of, you you are only unaware of it because you're not resonating with that vibration. Change your vibration, you change your options. You choose. And so that's where choice comes in. We can make a different choice for our lives any time that we want. We're not locked in or limited. I mean, we may be told that we can't do something. You know, it's kind of like the, the kid that is, uh, you know, told that she's supposed to sit down and she said... Well, I may be sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside, you know, and that's kind of like us. We can make a different choice at any given moment. Um, It's just that we don't in many cases. So uh, they continued, vibration alters form. Those three words are probably the most important statement of the whole day. Vibration alters form. Not in physically changing it, but in how it shows up. Water can show up as steam, liquid, or ice. Is it still water? Yes. What's the difference? Its vibration altered its form. When you learn how to control vibrations, many new possibilities will open to you all the science fiction technologies, transporters, holodecks, replicators, phasers, faster-than-light drives, etc., are all simply vibration altering form. Would you refer to those as a te- as advanced technologies but uh you would re- sorry, uh you would refer to those as advanced technologies but they have always existed and always and have always been available. Where do you think the inspiration for anything you read in books or see in movies comes from? The library. Now we talked about that some toward the end of last week, right? Um, and I said, wait a minute, are you saying that everything that has ever been shown in movies or books, uh, written in books is real? And, um, I might've read some of this last week. I don't recall, but I'll just keep reading. Uh, yes. Why wouldn't it be? How real was an iPhone in the 1400 Yet today? Here they are in current form. And I said, but they were invented and perfected over time. And they said, I know humans need to believe that everything happens in linear fashion, but that is simply not the case. Remember, the library, life force, and expression reside outside of time. They just are. They exist in now. It is always now. Linear time flow is not a constant. And uh, I said, so many thoughts, and yet I know the answer will always be yes. And... They said, align with vibration, library, allow unhindered flow, life force, and manifest the result, expression, the ultimate in free will. So, vibration, library, alters, life force, form. Vibration alters form. So, they took me back to that earlier statement. And I said, so the library is simply just a repository of raw materials based on vibration and frequency. And they said, exactly, that plus order, with order being the blueprints, patterns, templates, recipes, with the right uh, raw materials and the right blueprint, you can create anything. And I asked, so order is another constant? And they said, yes. And I said, Oh snap, I get it. And their response was, uh, simple, isn't it? So, um, one of the things that, um, that started clicking with me and they continued, uh, regarding this in on the next day, um, was something that I had alluded to before. Um, about how if everything is in the library, everything that, we, that has ever existed, everything that will exist, everything that exists now, it would have to be a pretty huge place. And I think that I referenced that before. Like, trying to wrap my head around, okay, so if this library exists and we have access to it, how on earth do we access everything? You know, like, to me... And this is kind of where I've been lately, which we'll get to those later. But um, what good is it to to know that a library exists that contains everything if we can't use it in a practical way? Like, what? okay, big deal, so what? It's there, you know. Sure, I'll agree with that. But how do I make that a reality in my life today? You know, I need to pay my mortgage by the end of the month and I don't have the money. How can I use the library to make that happen? Right. So that's been some of the questions that I've been asking lately. Um, Because this is all well and good and it's foundational stuff. But still, what I ultimately realized was, for me personally, to get to the place where I could ask some of those other questions, I had to understand what I was even asking. You know you don't you can't find what you don't know to look for sort of kinda and so they took this um um they took this whole concept a little bit further of what they were talking about in the previous day which was october 7th so in Octo- on october 8th the next day they said um And we'll probably wrap it up with this one. Uh, There is another component of the library we haven't discussed yet. Yes, you have access to... uh, Before I go any further, one thing that I will say, some of the wording that you find here, where they are responding, like with yes or no or whatever, they're answering thoughts that I have before I even have a chance to write them down. It's kind of weird and annoying sometimes more efficient perhaps but still um and sometimes i see these pictures and i'm trying to grapple with pictures or you know with what i'm seeing um there is another component to the library we haven't discussed yet yes you have access to all the raw materials of the library idea vibration and order but what you lack is the insight the spark in understanding how to make anything come to fruition, there are other tools to help you interpret, understand, and create. We could tell you that it's easy to move a 20 ton boulder if you sing over it in a specific key. But without the ability to interpret, understand, and create, that library information will do you little good. Something isn't going to just materialize before you, there is a process. And this is part of what I needed to understand. In order to get some of the other answers that i had questions about and uh, i said that's how i felt after the first light vision that's the one where you know i was had my head down in my office and i got blasted with that light um and they said when you visited the library years ago to access the cover design for the book you were working on You saw exactly how the finished cover would appear. You were able to access the idea in order for the cover, but without you using your own skills to create that design, it would not have manifested in that form. You are well aware that having the idea and the burning desire to create isn't necessarily enough if you lack the skill set to create the idea. And... I said, but that's potentially a lifetime of learning. How is that efficient? And they responded, no, that's not the case. Yes, you can receive the idea and the blueprint order or order, blueprint and order they're using interchangeably uh, for something in a flash. You've experienced that, but you can also receive the skills and understanding in a flash as well. And that is the component that most people miss connected to every idea in the library are the skills and understanding for how to manifest the end result. You could refer to it as the instruction manual. And, um, whenever they were saying that, again, this is another time where they're like reading my thoughts and answering. Um, immediately I had the picture pop into my head of the movie, the matrix where, um, Trinity needs to learn how to fly the helicopter. And so she calls in and says, uh, Can you, you know, download how to fly whatever helicopter it was? And he popped in a card and it downloaded into her and then they took off. Right. So, um, so that was a thought that popped into my head. And they said, Yes, your thought is correct. This, uh, like the skills downloads in the movie The Matrix. The reason more people do not access the instruction manual is due to their skilled views regarding uh, education. It is widely accepted and embraced that learning takes time, that education is a linear process and progression. It is not. Access to the instruction manual for any idea can be instantaneous. What's the point of having access to the secrets of the universe if your ability to use them is beyond your reach due to a lack of understanding and skills. The challenge for many is to overcome the belief that skill is learned. Shifting your belief or vibration opens up access to the instruction manual. In other words, you might think, um, well, I can't do X, Y, Z. Like you get an inspiration like, well, I can't do that because I don't know how. And then we cut it off right away. I've been there and done that. I've gotten some brilliant downloads in the past on something that I just knew would make sense. And I just didn't have the ability to do it. It required um, using software that I was unfamiliar with and didn't even have access to it first. And then when I did have access to it, I felt like all thumbs, you know, like it was so complex. I couldn't even figure out how to use it. It never even occurred to me that the skill on how to use that software could hit me instantaneously. Like, who believes that, right? Um, Most of us don't. Um, Or we believe it in theory but not in practice. And so what they're saying here in this part is that, yeah, the, the library is full of ideas, every idea that could ever exist or imagine is there but what good are they if we don't know how to implement them you know like what good is an idea if you don't know how to follow through with it and so their argument is that's not the case guys like we've put everything together all in one place you're only downloading part of it and so um i found that incredibly revealing And so uh, they continued, think about it this way, in the library, you have access to every idea, thought, and skill of every expression of life force, past, present, and future. Let's consider Tesla, for example. You would agree that every idea Tesla embraced in his lifetime came from the library. His instructions on how to develop these ideas also came from the library, and they are still in the library. And I said, hold on, the image you're showing me, because I was getting a picture in that moment, um, is that Tesla's unique expression, his existence, was just a unique random collection of the raw materials from the library that still exists there. And they said, yes, but not random. Your Bible teaches that when you die, you will be greeted by loved ones who have gone on before you. In a sense, that is true. Their expression of the library is still there. Every person's expression is there. Many people are inspired by reading books written by or about someone they admire. But what if you could simply access their skills and understanding directly without the filters of time? Now, this, to me, is where it started to blow my brain out because the implication behind this is, you know, we look at Tesla as somebody who was a genius, who developed technologies that in some cases appear to still be suppressed today. And we can read books about Tesla. We can read the writings of Tesla. But what they're saying here is that we can actually access tesla like the expression that was tesla here on the earth is still in the library as an expression and we have access to it that's crazy <laughs> you know to think about and so um i wrote as a note i'm having a hard time writing this not because the flow isn't there but because i'm shaking Which happens a lot with me. Um, I guess it's just because sometimes this information is so intense that I have a hard time physically handling it. Um, I had an experience just the other day where I was walking out of the bathroom and this picture started showing up in my mind, this visual and i was heading out to talk to kristen which we're talking 20 feet by the time i got to her i could barely walk and i was physically shaking all over i couldn't stop and she wrapped her arms around me and just kind of stood there and she's like picture and i'm like yeah <laughs> i might have told you about this last week but it is so intense it happens more than not and um So, whatever you're being affected physically like that, sometimes writing things out can be extremely challenging because I I mentioned this last week that you discover how limiting language can be. Um, And so, um, so I've learned to just kind of endure through it. And, you know, eventually it kind of lifts enough to where I can communicate. But at least it isn't like it used to be, you know, back years ago when this all started where it would just tilt my brain for hours. Um, you know, now I have it down to minutes. <laughs> so I guess that's something. Maybe eventually I'll have no lag time at all, who knows. Um, and so what I wrote was, uh I'm having a hard time writing this because I'm shaking. I can see it all at once and understand it. Putting it into words is another matter with adrenaline from excitement flooding through my body. And that's how it feels, like the ultimate adrenaline rush. You know, you know how that feels. So, like, when somebody really scares you badly or, you're like, you're in a car and it seems out of control and the adrenaline is coursing through you and so it just makes your skin jumpy and all of that, it kind of feels like that except times 10, like a factor of 10 higher where... Um, I've noticed uh, at times it comes in waves where I'll be like shaking, jittery, like adrenaline. And then it's almost like, uh, you know how you would react if you're looking at somebody and then out of nowhere, you have like this hand come up to your eyes and stop right before your eyes and how you would just almost involuntarily jerk backwards. You know, it's just an involuntary response. That happens to me a lot. Especially in the midst of these downloads, where just out of nowhere, it's like somebody's taking a swipe in my head and my whole body just kind of convulses uh, in that moment. It's very, uh, it's very weird. It's kind of hard to type whenever that kind of stuff is going on. Um, So they continued. uh, If we take this to its simplest form. Ideas are vibrations. Order is vibration. Expression is vibration. We've covered that. But also, skills are vibration. Understanding is vibration. The uniqueness of an individual exists in the composition and expression of those vibrations. You possess frequencies and vibrations in a combination that does not exist in any other human. You think that your DNA is the only factor that defines you. It is the unique expression of vibrations that defines you. Now, from a raw materials perspective, you would agree that a vibration at 7.83 hertz is not unique other than the fact that it is. The same is true for every other vibration. Because of that, the unique expression of vibration that you called Tesla is still in a library and accessible to you every thought conclusion insight understanding and skill that tesla possessed is still available to you today in the library because they are simply just unique combinations of vibration and i said you used uh the phrase instruction manual as an analogy to define skills and understanding is there a constant that would actually define this it seems like a constant to me and they said yes the constant is application application represents the knowledge wisdom and skills necessary to execute an idea yesterday you wrote idea plus order equals expression that is complete it is idea plus order plus application equals expression All of it is vibration, and all of it is freely available to all, because you are also vibration. And I said, what about accessing the skills and understanding the application from those who are currently living? And they said, how is that any different? And I responded, hold on, are you implying that fringe ideas like telepathy, remote viewing, and talking to the dead... Are just people tapping into application and they said they are tapping into accessing expression so yes application but as a part of idea and order and I said so when I received messages from my grandmother and dad when it felt like they were there and they interrupted yes you were Accessing their expression from the library. And I asked, and anyone can do that at any time? And they responded, of course. There are no rules that state otherwise. And I said, so I can read someone's mind if I wanted to? Simple questions, right? (laughs) Some of this stuff makes you curious as hell and they said you can and you have you use the phrase read their mail how do you think prophecy works that voice of god that the voice of god speaks from the heavens no it is all data vibration from the library when you have prayed for people in the past and saw pictures like the sailboat or heard phrases to share all you were doing was tuning into their frequencies like a form of entrainment uh to see or hear uh some some of those things. Past or future events and everything associated with them are just expressions of vibration. Your DNA and its four bases is an elementary example of this universal truth. And I said, I feel overwhelmed by the possibilities of all of this. And they respond to discipline and openness will move you past the overwhelm. And that's kind of where I've been lately. Um, And later on, we're not going to get into it today, but later on they go in to define um, the implications behind that. Because if, think about it, if everything in the library is just frequency and vibration, how much space exactly do you think that would take up? None. And all of it. At the same time, you know, so literally we're talking recipe book here, you know we need you know two thirds of a cup of you know twenty two thousand hertz here and you know a dash of seven point eighty three there, and you know so on and so forth, kind of stir it all together, hook it up with uh expression in a different form because form is vibration as well, you know matter is energy we know that um and uh and it's just uh form is energy being expressed in a different way and so if you read if you put meters and check the uh the frequency and vibration of a solid object versus you know a completely different like a liquid or something all that you're going to find is that its frequency being expressed differently and so whenever you look at it that way like the one thing that i'm coming to conclude and we're gonna as we work through this i think it'll paint the the clearer picture i have the advantage because i have all the notes ahead of time that i've gotten so far but the uh the one thing that i'm starting to realize that from a very practical scientific level to think that something would be impossible for us is ridiculous, because you know if like let's say you have a penny okay um you have a a typical copper twenty twenty penny right whenever you get right down to the core of it all, like zoom into the atomic structure, we know that all that atoms are are just a collection of uh little, um, uh, photons and electrons and everything all spinning around at very specific frequencies. You get small enough, all of a sudden there's nothing but openness, right? And so if, so you could very easily say that a penny is nothing more than an expression of frequency and vibration, right? Um, so then by default, you could also say, a gold coin is the exact same thing. The the frequency and vibration is going to be different because gold is a more complex metal than copper, but it's still frequency and vibration. And so, where is the rule that says accessing this frequency and vibration for the copper for the penny is easier than accessing the frequency and vibration for the gold coin? Well, there is no rule. There's nothing that says that. The only thing that does declare that is us. We're the ones who say gold is hard, penny is easy. Right? We provide that context. It doesn't actually exist. And so to materialize a broken down Honda Accord, we see that as easy because it's less expensive, as opposed to manifesting a Rolls-Royce or a Bentley but the reality is whenever you get down to frequency and vibration there's no difference there are no rules that say you got to work harder to get a Bentley than a broken down Ford Taurus or whatever there's no rule that says that this one's easy this one's hard we make that declaration we make that choice that this thing is hard This thing is easy because of the limitations we have within our belief system, within our understanding, you know, whatever the case may be, that is the direction that the library here is getting at is that you're the one that's saying this is easy, but this is hard. You know, well, I can make a thousand dollars in a month, but a million dollars in a month, forget it, you know. And so we declare a million dollars hard, a thousand dollars easy. But there are no rules that declare that. There's no fixed rules in the grand scheme of the universe or the library or anything else that says, oh, well, yeah. I mean, you want to know the difference between a thousand dollars and a million dollars? Three zeros. Like literally three zeros. Nothing times three. That's the difference. We make it more in our minds. And to me, that's crazy. And then the other thing to think about that we can like not just read the writings of Einstein or fill in the blank, but can literally have access to Einstein's thoughts and ideas and whatever. That's just crazy. And here's the thing. This is what's kind of cool about all of this that we talked about today. You and I, we're already doing it. We don't even realize it. We get these aha moments, these insights, these flashes of brilliance or whatever. Oh, yeah. Think about this. Look at it this way. You know, whatever. So is that just like drawing Uh, brilliant ideas from the reserve pool up in the library of what hasn't been accessed yet? No. (laughs) If it's all frequency and vibration, it's just literally as we're talking, as we're thinking, as we're creating in our minds, it's almost like a pool of energy is coagulating together and taking form as we describe it. And then boom, there it is, you know. Uh, you may not realize this or not, but a lot of the courses that I've taught over the last year, I've been using this strategy to teach a lot of that stuff. Because frankly, I'm just not that smart. <laughs> I mean, some of the things that comes out of my mind, I have to go back and listen later. Like, what the hell was I talking about? You know, I'd go learn from myself. Um, Because, you know... Just me making this stuff up, I recognized a long time ago that it's a lot easier to access information beyond myself than to try to figure it all out on my own. But yet we all do that. We're naturally created to do that. And to me, that's exciting. It's just for us, it's learning how to clear all of the hindrances that prevent that natural flow from occurring on a regular basis, and then dismantling the beliefs and other structures that we have in our minds that prevent us from locking into that stuff. You know, because it seems impossible, it seems nonsensical. You know, now just going back, a picture just popped into my mind. So does that mean that you could receive a download where you would instantly know how to fly a 747 jet? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But to legally fly a 747 jet, you're going to have to go through the process of school in this current time. planet earth but you could know how immediately and chances are highly likely that that's occurred you know like in stress situations where the pilot dies or something happens and somebody else has to take over and land the plane or whatever you know they may be guided and you know from the tower or whatever on what to do and all of that but you know, in that kind of a situation, chances are very likely that they're accessing information as well that's beyond themselves. And I don't know it how many of you have ever been in like church prayer services or not. They mentioned that earlier in one of their examples to me. But there's been a like I used to back in the day train prayer teams. And one of the things that I did was uh like to help them tune in to whoever it was that they were supposed to pray for, you know, in a natural environment, I would take like our team and line them up evenly, like pair them off and put their, like, say we had eight people. So I would have, um, four teams of two and I would make them stand back to back. So they had no idea who was behind them because I would mix them up. And so as they were standing back to back, with the person, um, I would say on the count of three, I want you to turn around and look at the person that you're facing and they would take turns at doing this. Like I'd have one side do it and then the other side do it. I said, I want you to turn around and the very first thing that pops into your mind, tell that person. And then as soon as they would say it, I would have them turn back around again and shuffle them again, and then we'd do the same exercise. And I would do that for an hour. And the whole purpose of it was to put pressure on them to pay attention, to not just dismiss fleeting thoughts or ideas that came into their head or whatever, but to pay attention to everything that was coming into their thoughts. And what I found was In those training scenarios, the accuracy of what they shared was phenomenal. 75, 80% or higher. uh, Correct. Another thing that I used to do a lot back in the day was um, my first wife, very much an empath. Uh, Kristen is as well, interestingly enough, but um, very much an empath. And so we would walk down through the local mall. And basically, the whole purpose of us walking through the mall was to look at people and see if we could read them, you know, like access their thoughts or whatever. And then we would compare notes. So I would point out somebody, you know, guy over here on the left with the hoodie. And um, and then uh, we would see what we could pick up on them and not talk to each other. And then we would write it down and then compare notes. And, uh, we, we did that a lot, actually. It's just part of disciplining yourself to listen. And, um, what we found was like for her and I as a team for doing that, we were a hundred percent accurate all the time, every single time we, we always got it right. Both of us. And, um, what happened with uh, within the context of a lot of that is whenever you start plugging in at that level, like for us, we kind of popped up on the radar of some other groups that didn't necessarily like the fact that we were tuned in at that level. And so there was a lot of crazy that happened. And I shared some of that previously on Nerd Unscripted, but uh, the previous version of Nerd Unscripted. But, anyways, the fact that we could do that um, back then, I'm talking 20, 25 years ago. Um, well, about 20 years ago, I guess. Um, that didn't make us special. Anybody can do it. I mean, literally anybody. And I've proven it. So, you know, everybody listening to this call, whether you're live or listening to a replay, Um, you already have that ability. And so uh, it's just because you don't think you do um, doesn't have any bearing on anything uh, because you do. And so uh, it's just, uh, to me, it's not even so much about learning how to access that information. It's believing that you can access the information. Honestly, that's it more than learning there is a learning process i mean that's why we did what we did um but quite frankly that for if anything it was probably more just to confirm that we could actually now you know we didn't like try to access people's social security numbers like it was nothing stupid like that uh one of the things that you discover as you dive into that it could be used for good or bad. Um, but in most cases, 99% of the cases for people that I encountered anyways, it was always good because you're doing it from a position of, uh, love and care for the other person. Like you're not trying to violate their wills or anything like that. You know, um, once in a while it can kind of go sideways on you. Like I remember one time, um, we were at McDonald's and, uh, we were there as a family and this guy came in with, uh, his family. He had a wife and two little girls and, um, my wife looked over at him and got physically ill and she goes, she just like, uh and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, look at that guy over there. Like, don't be obvious about it, but look at that guy over there and tell me what you pick up. And so I turned around and I looked over at him. And the moment I laid eyes on him, now, obviously, we let me qualify this. We did not physically confront this person. Okay, this was just our vibes that we were getting. So let me qualify that. Um, I looked over at him and the minute I did, I saw a picture and the picture was him molesting one of his kids. That's what I saw. I wasn't trying to make it up or anything. I couldn't verify that that was indeed happening. That's just what came to me. I turned around to Deborah, and my first wife and I said, uh, I see what you're talking about. And she's like, he's messing with his kids. And I said, yeah. And she's like, I can't be around him. And so we literally left. We got up and left. That's one of the very few times where that has happened. Now, was he actually molesting his kids? Don't know. Don't know. And it wouldn't be fair for me to say, hey, you bastard. Stop screwing with your kids. Like, I could be spot on, but there's no way of confirming that. Now, there's been other scenarios where we got insights into things and we were able to confirm that it was true or whatever. But you have to be really careful with that. That's why it's so important to make sure that your heart is in the right place and your intentions are in the right place and all of that. The library and life force and all of that is founded on love. Period. Love and gratitude. That's the foundation. You can't violate it. And um, people try. But ultimately, that's why I could never understand uh, growing up in church why I was told that fortune tellers were all evil. You know, and somebody reading a tarot deck was evil. You know, okay, I'll, I'll buy that. That's what mom and dad and the pastor and everybody else told me you know, until I met a tarot reader that was anything but evil. I mean, incredibly accurate, incredibly loving and caring. Um, we're still great friends today. And, um, I've had multiple readings with her. She's never been less than a hundred percent. Um, you know, and so it's like, well, wait a minute. Okay. So we have a problem here because this experience is going against what I was told. It's like, well, she's getting all her inspirations from demons. Like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I don't think so. And whenever you separate it out from bias, whether it's religious bias or otherwise, and look at it purely from a perspective of frequency and vibration, how could you say one is bad and the other is good? There's no such thing as good or bad, if you haven't figured that out yet. I've said that before, but Good and bad is subjective. What's good for me might be bad for you or what you think is bad, um, I think is good. What I think is bad, you think is good. So it's completely subjective based upon, you know, the ideals that you were raised with, the church you went to, cultural beliefs. I mean, all of that stuff contributes to what we define as good or bad. And so that can't be the judge because it's too easy to to shift that point of view you know all bad and we see that play out in the world around us all the time you know one people group reacts a certain way and they're uh villainized for it another people group act the exact same way and they're praised for it like read the news today you're like what the hell is going on so that's why good and bad is subjective Like, you can't look at it from that perspective. Otherwise, you end up alienating people and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just silly. Um, Cause and effect, yes. That's pretty hardcore. You know, you do X, it's likely Y is going to happen. Um, That's just cause and effect. Just like karma. You know, people wish that karma was a real thing and that, you know, they should get theirs. Karma is basically cause and effect, you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people and the opposite, and we don't understand why. Well, it's easy because cause of cause and effect. Um, and so some things to think about anyway. Let me uh, look at some of the comments here. Uh, Kat says the act of looking is an act of creation. yeah, that's absolutely true because just by looking, you've already initiated um, a set of vibrational frequencies. you can't you can't not do that by looking. It just automatically starts to happen. And uh, she also shares, secondly, there are many different outcomes uh, of the book cover. And if you went to the library at a different time with a different perspective, your perspective, you would choose what appeared to be a different book cover. Yeah, you get it. Uh, That's exactly it. And it sounds contradictory, but it's actually not contradictory. Because... um, That's the whole beauty and the point that they were making regarding free will. Everything is in a point, not in a state of flux. It's that everything is alive. We're dealing with living frequency, living vibration. Vibration, just in and of itself, think about it it's moving how you can't have a vibration not doing anything it's alive frequency all that frequency is is defining like the type of vibration that something is you know uh low frequency versus high so we're dealing with living data i guess you could say for lack of a better way of describing it living data so of course, if I access the library at another time, the cover is going to look different because of exactly what Kat said. My perspective might be different. Um, it's a different period in time or, you know, whatever. Uh, but where I was in that moment with the skills that I had and all that kind of stuff, that helped define what cover it was that I saw in the library at that moment. which I like that idea better, you know, because that means that literally anything is possible. Um, Kat also says, I have thought that many times and even said it aloud to another. If I could access your full expression. So often I can feel things behind what you are teaching about the process that are going through. If only I could download the full expression That would be awesome. Well, I agree. But I will also say, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) And I don't mean that from a negative perspective at all. But, um, sometimes whenever these uh, visuals show up, that's exactly what they are. They're like a a full expression, so it includes everything, you know, sound and sight and all the information associated with it. Not just a photograph, you know. It's it's there's a knowing that's attached to them that I haven't fully figured out how to even express yet, because words are incredibly limiting um, in trying to describe what I'm seeing and feeling, and hearing, and seeing, and I mean, it's just like, ugh, but um, for me personally, anyway, it's taking time to learn how to be able to carry that, and hold it as a container, so to speak, without it tilting my brain, you know. Like okay, what's well there, and I don't know how to express it. Boing, you know, instantly tilt. Um, and so for me, it's been manifesting like my body trying to cope with everything that's going on. It either manifests as shaking, or you know, getting weak in the knees, where to where I have to sit down. Um, sometimes I just can't even talk, and if I try to talk, I just cry and it's not like I'm trying to cry, I just can't help it, and uh, (laughs) ask Kristen, as she will tell you, she gets it all, you know, she sees me when I'm like this, and she's like, can you tell me what's going on, and I'm shaking my head no, and she's like, will you cry if you try, and I shake my head yes, and she's like, well, maybe you can tell me later, and we'll just kind of stand there, and, and I just anyway (laughs) you know it's it's like my brain's like this is so awesome but I don't know what to do (laughs) that's kind of what it's like so I was like you know my emotions just freak out and uh it's it's very weird uh the one thing that I found that really has helped me a lot manage this and to keep pushing forward is spending time in nature. Like the. Gr- and I've said that before. The grounding effect that nature has. And like hearing streams running. And feeling the grass and dirt. And stuff in my under my feet. And the smells. And all of that kind of stuff. Kind of keep me. They certainly bring me back. To a position of strength again. And uh, kind of calm me down. But uh very very helpful and grounding and all of that kind of stuff and uh yeah plus i'm learning a lot on my own you know reading about crystals and herbology and all of that kind of stuff which i've studied for years but just kind of revisiting all of those kinds of things and color and because it's all different expressions of the same thing um i told Kristen what would be super cool is like we know that certain colors of light if our bodies are exposed to them it has a positive effect in certain ways depending on what those colors are right we know that sound given specific frequencies of sound if we listen to it on a regular basis it affects our body a certain way we know that if we um eat certain foods that we our body feels like we need at a given time and we do that, it has a positive effect on our body. We know that if we have um tinctures of certain oils that we can smell, that it has a specific effect on our body that helps our body in a very clear way. Uh we know that if we drink certain teas based on and made around certain kinds of herbs and other plants that it helps our body and affects in a very positive specific way right so there's all of these things and same with crystals you know same with crystals i've been sleeping with um selenite under my pillow lately um maybe we'll talk about that another time but so you have crystals are vibrational you have herbs that are vibrational you have uh, essential oils that are vibrational, colors are vibrational, sounds are vibrational. What would happen if we were able to identify the exact frequency in all of those different disciplines for, like, uh, diabetes, just to <laughs> <laughs> randomly pick something or what else? And And we just knew, like, we'll say, okay, so if you want to treat X, you need to carry around this crystal – Uh, drink this tea blend, um, put this specific essential oil in your vaporizer, eat these foods, and just go like right down the gamut, the whole discipline, like all those different disciplines um, that are tuned to a specific something. Like wouldn't that be cool? That's what I was talking to Kristen about yesterday. And like to be able to determine what that is. That may already exist, or at least in some form, because I know people have done a lot of work in all the different areas and disciplines, you know, and then put into that, you know, kind of seal up the deal with Reiki or whatever. Um, And boom, I mean, talk about a hell of a treatment. It could be very interesting because we look at like crystal energy is very weak. I mean, it works, but it's weak. Why is that? How can we amplify it, you know? Um, same with all the other disciplines. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling now. Sorry about that. Uh, it opens up the door to so many things. Uh, that's what I've been finding. Anne says, is your shaking related to vibrations? It probably is to a certain extent, but I think it's more that my body doesn't know how to handle it. Um, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like learning a new type of exercise or something like that. At first your body doesn't quite know how to respond and you have aches and pains and all of that. And then you develop muscle memory and, and all of that and it becomes easier. And I, or, or, you know, um, mental toughness, which is another one of those, you know, things of mine where, um, you know, learning, um, learning how to be emotionally strong in tough situations. There's a lot of people that don't know how to do that because they didn't have it. Um, It was never demonstrated to them growing up or whatever. And so as a result, they don't know how to process emotion. Um, And there's any number of reasons why that can be. Uh, But they don't know how to process emotion. And so whenever an extreme situation uh, occurs, they just kind of shut down. You know, because they don't possess mental toughness. But you can learn that. You can, you know, learn that over time. And I think the same is true with this scenario. My body don't know how to handle the amount of energy that's hitting it. And so it just does what bodies do whenever they're overwhelmed. You know, shakes and cries and collapses and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. I don't know what to do. You know, out it goes. Um, but you know, mental toughness is one of those things that I've focused on for years. And I've always said, you know, if shit's about to hit the fan in a really bad way, you want to be near me because in high pressure situations, honestly, I think more clearly under intense pressure than I do normal. Like it's like everything melts away and my focus just goes boom like that. And so I can make instant decisions and not freak out. Everybody else, you know, maybe are going, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Here's what we're going to do. Boom. You go do this. You go do that. You go do that. Uh, Just because I've made it a point to develop that over time. You know, I mean, maybe based on what we talked about today we could have that downloaded instantly. No reason why I wouldn't believe that, but um, I think, you know, if I looked at that same question and a year from now, my response is gonna be different because I'll have a year of this under my belt, you know? I mean, I've been getting downloads since the nineties. And so um, whenever they first started, I couldn't get anything, you know, my, my brain would seize up immediately. And now I'm having regular conversations, you know, over tea. It almost seems that way. You know, now if they just would stop waking me up in the middle of the night, that'd be awesome. Like, look, I know you're outside of time, but I am not. <laughs> and I got to bed late and I'd really rather not do this at this moment. And they said, okay, cool. Um, Literally, they <laughs> don't go back to sleep, then we don't care. um Laurie says accessing the knowledge, no learning has been in my mind most of my life. I also used it in scenes in my book writings. I always accepted it, just never thought about thought that it was an actuality. I didn't think it w- was a science fiction thing either. It just was again a, a perception belief. I never questioned that's a big wow for me it has shown it has has been shown to me for years i just never questioned the mental brainwashing program that we learned in school and through society yeah well put that it really is that and that's why i mentioned earlier about asking questions like don't be afraid to ask questions and if somebody says well you shouldn't be asking that question it's time to run the other way from that person, you know, um, that's like saying, you know, the, the dude at the Wizard of Oz, you know, don't mind the man behind the curtain. Um, no, we need to find out who the hell's behind the curtain, you know? Um, and so question everything. I, whenever I, uh, co-pastored at church years ago, one of the things that I often said across the pulpit that, wasn't really a popular thing with the senior members of the church. But I didn't really care either. Um, I, I would literally tell them, question everything. Like, don't take my word for it that the Bible means this in this particular verse. Figure it out for yourself. You go read it. You go interpret it and see what it means to you. Because who am I to dictate to you, oh, this is what it means you know, and it was not a popular line of reasoning, (laughs) but I said it anyway. I mean, that's just how I am. Um, but the same is true today. Uh, gosh, so many people are just parrots and mirrors, no original thoughts for themselves. Maybe they're too lazy. Maybe they don't know what to do or whatever. I find it incredibly disheartening sometimes. So I can't really pay much attention to it um always because here's the thing and I kind of said this yesterday on my Facebook timeline um you know we have the appearance of a lot of divisiveness going on right now and um and I say the appearance of because divisiveness is only only power is you paying attention to it and so um, it's not my place uh, this is my personal position I can't speak for anyone else but <clears throat> it's not my place to dictate to you what your political beliefs are what your religious beliefs are what your beliefs about gender are what your orientation is I mean I have my own opinions or whatever, but that's about all they are uh, based on where I am currently in my personal evolving. But for me to tell you that I'm right and you're wrong is ridiculous. We're each on our own path. We are each unique individual people with our own unique vibrations and frequencies. So how the hell would I know what Kat should be, or Lori should be, or Ann should be in any given conversation. You know, it's like, well, my way is the correct way, you know, for religious beliefs or whatever. That's just ridiculous. It's asinine. And so for anybody to take up a position of, oh, well, you did this, therefore you are bad. Do you see how ludicrous that is? You know, because it's all subjective. And so, so that's why, I, for me, um, it's just really easy to keep it simple. We're unique individuals on our own unique spiritual path. And so whatever that looks like for you, whatever it looks like for me, uh, right on. And if something goes sideways for you or for me, we learn from it, we adjust, and we keep moving, you know. It's not about right or wrong. It's cause and effect. And so I'm not going to tell you what to think or believe any more than I would want you guys to. I'm putting this information out there with some hesitancy because it could form certain opinions, you know, in the minds of People who are part of my business also. Um, But, you know, I had to get to the point where it's like, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to be me. (laughs) And if that doesn't align with you, I'm cool with that. You know, go find somebody that you are better aligned with. Um, And uh, if it does align with you, then awesome. Let's figure out more of this stuff together. You know, I'm putting it out there to learn just as much as I am to share because I am not anything special receiving this information. I'm just listening. You know, I just said yes. That was the choice that I made. I said yes. And uh, they're like, okay. So, um, yeah. Everything that I say here in in uh, Nerd Unscripted, honestly uh, to quote, um, Kenneth Hagan years ago, whenever I was at Rama Bible training center, eat the hay and leave the sticks, whatever resonates with you, take it to heart, whatever doesn't just let it fall by the wayside. It doesn't matter. Um, because I'm not here to dictate. I'm just here to share. Now, when it comes to me demonstrating software and how to create something, you should probably pay attention (laughs) because I know what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, well, I know what I'm doing with this stuff too. But I mean, in that case, I'm showing you a process that works. Um, Kat says, "Uh, this is wonderful beyond words. I go to the same place each time I hear you express this information. Uh, Will, how... How will you be able to reach uh, a larger audience? I'm not, well, I have some thoughts on that. I'm weighing out what I want to say. For now, I'll just say I have some thoughts on that. (laughs) I've been shown a lot of my future. And it's different from what it is now. So, and of course, it's all based on my choice, right? So, I'm kind of uh, treading lightly with some of that still. Um, and she shares just a thought. Hey house has a program where they pick a book each year to publish and promote just saying, yeah, well, uh, frankly, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share this information in this form because, um, it expands as I talk about it, which means then I can get them all transcribed, which I, I've gotten the other two transcribed. I didn't get last week's up available the replay yet but it is already transcribed and then whenever I get to the end or at least you know to an acceptable stopping point for a book then I'm probably going to turn my attention into uh, creating a book out of some of this I mean right now I'm sitting at about 60,000 words already not just from Nerd Unscripted, but a combination of what I've written plus Nerd Unscripted transcriptions. I'm at about 60,000 words or so. So that's kind of cool. I have a feeling that by the time I get to the bottom, whatever that means, because I keep getting new stuff, um, you know, I'll probably be at a couple hundred thousand words. So it could turn into a series, who knows, Uh, it'll be fun. So anyway, I think we'll end it, uh, there. I appreciate, uh, each of you being here today. Um, it means a lot, uh, to me personally. (laughs) It's so different, um, talking about this stuff in public, um, because it's really different from what I talk about in my business and teach in my business. So, there's a certainly a level of vulnerability vulnerable whatever however you say that vulnerability um there and uh you know you guys being here together with me on this journey of talking through it is just really encouraging to me more than you know (laughs) chris says thanks lots to think on Looking forward to the replays so I can listen in slow-mo. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, and so uh, one last thing, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, uh, I just wanted to reiterate again, if any of you have any questions that come to mind that you want me to pose in this Q&A that I'm going to attempt here this week or next, um feel free to get those to me. You know, you can send them through Facebook Messenger or email or, you know, whatever, whatever is easiest for you. And if not, that's fine too. I've put the invitation out to a few people because I do have um, a couple folks that are following along a little more closely behind the scenes um, because they have direct access to my Evernote document and uh so they get to read it as soon as i write it um and i'm doing that some for their feedback cuz i value their opinion and some for accountability you know so i'm not just you know throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks i had a different visual pop into my mind but i'm not going to say what that was <laughs> A little more crass. Um, Margaret says, thank you, Tony. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. See you tonight. Um, Carol asked, uh, what is your email? You can send it to Tony Leidig at iCloud.com. I have Gmail also, but there's like 200,000 unread messages in there. So (laughs) I'm never going to get caught up on that one. Um, but Tony Lottig at iCloud.com will work fine. Or Facebook Messenger, either way. Uh, Gary says, got in late, so looking forward to the replay. Mind-boggling for me. Please keep it up. Thank you. Absolutely, will do. And um, tomorrow, uh, I will probably get both this week's and last week's process then up on the si- SoundCloud so that you'll have access to both of them since I'm not teaching tomorrow uh just tonight and thursday currently so anyway all right thank you all very much and um if we don't chat before i will see you here next tuesday at 10 a.m